Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we interview marathon swimmers from all walks of life to get perspective on how to endure, adapt, and overcome the challenges we face swimming and in life. I'm Shannon Keegan, marathon swimmer, wife, mom, and swim efficiency coach at Intrepid Water, where we seek to empower individuals to become comfortable and confident in the water so they can start swimming places. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. In this episode, I speak with marathon, channel, ice swimmer, and exercise specialist, Charlotte Brin. Charlotte is the first New Zealander with an ice mile certified by the International Ice Swimming Association and has been identified as one of the 50 most adventurous open water women for four of the past six years. You'll get an idea of Charlotte's indomitable spirit as our conversation traverses trips to the ICU, losing your kayaker, how to choose a crew, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, Shannon. So I grew up in New Zealand and I lived about a mile from the beach and the uh, lighthouse used to sweep into my window at night when it swept around as a little kid. And um, I was always mesmerized by that and drawn to the water. And um, I was really fortunate when I was a wee nipper, um, the town I lived in. Um, New Zealand's amazing, first off, in the fact that every town it has a com- community pool, the town builds it. And they built a 50 meter um, pool outdoor when I was a wee dot, about five. And um, I was super lucky that my parents got me a season's pass. And I got up and ran down um, a mile to the pool and swam, just play- goofed around like a little fishy mermaid um, every day before school. And um, the <laughs> It was just, and you know, I mean, it's dumb luck. I didn't know any different. And then um, what makes it a kicker is the pool was built alongside a bay called Caroline Bay, which is my home beach. So, you you know, I had the best of both worlds and um, I was just always in the water and loved it. And uh, rolling in with that, New Zealand's a really really cool place in the fact that you've got the ocean and then um, not, you know, at least maybe an hour and a half away, you've got the Alps. And so we spent quite a lot of time um, up in the glacial lakes when I was growing up. So again, I swam in those um, and I was always a little whippet, but I didn't know any different. I mean, I didn't realize it was cold (laughs) until (laughs) I discovered other waters. And um, I think that really gave me my first dose of cold water. It was just growing up with it, really. Yeah, that's amazing. When did yeah. you start swimming um, distances, marathons specifically? Um, so uh, for, for me, um, endurance events actually sort of hit before the long distance swimming. In um, university, I got into some, I want to I call it Ironman, but it's not the Ironman that you would think of today. That's a wee bit more um, slick and polished. Um, in New Zealand, it was going to run up one side of uh, the Alp and uh, you're going to carry a backpack with your, um, with your skis and boots 
And what I did was find the shortest pair of skis I could because they would be less weight. And then when you get to the top, you put them on and you ski down the other side until the snow runs out. And I'm not talking about tailored terrain. I'm talking about on the Alps, ungroomed. And then you ran down rocks and um, scree slopes. Uh, so your legs would get all cut up. Sounds good, doesn't it? And then you would run until you got close to a river drop your backpack with all your gear off, pick up a kayak and run down the rest of the way to the river and throw it in, which was problematic for me because um, I'm not a river kayaker or much of a kayaker at all. And uh, so there was definitely the threat of <laughs> uncool un things happening in there. And then it was a, um, a quite a long um, bike after that. And it took um, three to four hours and I actually really enjoyed the length of it. And then I started getting into some other triathlon race, races and what I really enjoyed was the ocean swimming part of it in New Zealand. So um, that was when I was in university in New Zealand and then um, fast forward, I um, moved to uh, Vermont about 20 years, 21 years ago. And um, beautiful, beautiful spot, as you know, Shannon, you've swum up here, gorgeous. Yeah. And um, I was a little bit devastated because there wasn't uh, the sea for me. Yeah. And um, for the first year, I actually felt quite isolated and um, a little bit lost. And then I discovered these lovely bodies of water in Vermont. And um, uh, in addition to that, um, where I worked, the swimming hole was built about the same time, which is an eight lane, 25 meter pool. So it was pretty good timing for me. So I really um, threw myself into more swimming and then got into one and two mile USMS um, cable swims and open water swims. And um, I had a friend who said, oh, I'd really like to have a crack at swimming across Lake Champlain. And I said, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good uh, with not knowing how far it was. And uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, of course, it's the regular story of, of uh, a long distance swim. That was my first long one ever. The boat broke down at the start. Didn't have a boat for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it was fun. It was really fun. And so from there, I really um, enjoyed the training. It um, provided me a, a little bit of a relief from um, outside pressures um, in other areas of my life. And I used it as a decompressor tool. And each time I swam one swim, um, I would go, um, successful or not, go back to the drawing board and look to see what I could do differently, how I wanted to tweak my training. And gradually the swims got a little bit longer and longer. So that's sort of how I found my way into it. I think it was in my blood from an early age. Um, I'm, a, I'm definitely a workhorse for training. I'm not a sprinter. Um, I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this, but my 50 meter freestyle time um, is actually slower than my 50 meter split in my 400 meter freestyle. So that explains <laughs> a little bit <laughs> about the uh, twitch fibers in my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like to say I'm just a, I'm a one speed swimmer because I'm similarly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely not a um, not a 50 free sprinter at all. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, so the endurance is in your is in your blood. Sometimes I ask people like, "Why do you swim marathons?" But it, I think that pretty much speaks to it. Yeah, <clears throat> how, yeah. how do you describe yeah. that feeling of like finishing a marathon swim? Um, oh, it's amazing. It is. Um, 
it's such a great feeling of um, the completion's incredible. Um, it's a, a little bit surreal. And, um, you know, it can also depend what shape you're in. I've um, put myself or delivered myself to the ICU a couple of times. So there's been some swims that I haven't felt that good when I've finished, to be honest with you. And um, mentally, I, I have felt good, but for physically, uh, a couple. Uh, one, I had um, hyponatremia. I was overhydrated and, um, and uh, ended up uh, with a couple of bags of IV to get me um, up and running. And some of that was, um, you know, really getting my head around um, better addressing my feeds and being good about taking feeds in whether I, I want them or not. So. Yeah, but uh, but I you know I I do really do enjoy the finish. I, I actually I really enjoy the day after. That reflection day is super fun. That is yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, can you tell us about the swim that you're most proud of? Yeah, I, I really think I, I mean I have to say I'm really personally proud of all my swims. Um, I have to start off with that. Um, because for better or worse, it takes a lot of courage to commit to um, enter or sign up and then to have the dedication and longevity to complete the training and then actually to bring it together and get in the water. It takes a lot of guts. And um, so for all, for all of those, I, I really acknowledge that that took some strength. Um, the one... Um, I think that uh, I'm probably most proud of is my first longest marathon swim, which was In Search of Memory in 2011. And um, uh, I was really um, a very newbie to the marathon scene. And um, it's really cool now how we've got so much access to social media and blogs and blogs and podcasts and all these great mentors out there that we can ask questions to and bounce ideas off. And, and uh, sort of 2010, when I started getting into some longer things, there was um, really not a whole lot out there. And um, so there was a lot of trial and error and there was a lot of sort of bumbling along. So um, I started off with um, a double crossing of Lake Champlain in um, 2011 which was 16 miles, and I, that was super cool, over the moon, did, did that finishing into the night. So kind of wanted to take off night swims, a longer swim, you know, feeds, um, not asking, are we there yet? And uh, <laughs> yeah. then I swam that year, the Boston Light, and I got a little email in my inbox from um, Phil White, and the email said, um, do you have a... Um, I think it was a valid passport or any, any criminal convictions. <laughs> and um, there's a small tribe getting together for a 25 mile swim. And I um, read the email and my, my kids were still pretty, pretty young at that point. They were wee dots and they came running downstairs to my desk. Mom, mom, what do you got? And I said, well, fellows asked me if I want to swim 25 miles. I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, yay, mom, yay! <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I thought, oh, probably would be good to check in with my husband as I'm typing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, 
I think it was maybe, and I could be wrong, but it was maybe six weeks now, it could have been eight weeks. And I had certainly never done anything that long. Um, I had good training under my belt. I'd been swimming 40K a week for about 18 months. I had an eight miler and a six mi a 16 miler. Um, and, uh, you know, I felt, I felt pretty ready, but I did not have the mental experience for it. And um, to cut a long story short, off we went to start the swim in a dark, uh, actually it wasn't too dark because we had a lovely, beautiful moon. And um, we had a barreling uh, headwind, a heck of a headwind. And um, it um, was problematic for the boat support. And essentially for me, I ended up swimming the first hour um, without support. And, um, and I got quite hungry in the middle of the night there. And um, I had times where I felt scared and I was um, concerned about being hit and I didn't know where I was going. And um, there was a lead boat, which I was pretty convinced I was following the lead boat light. But what I actually swam into was an island with a little lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> it was after an hour and I swam in and I hit these rocks and I'm like, oh, I'm here already. <laughs> this is great. I'm like, well, I don't think it's been that long. So, um, you know, fortunately, um, the, all the supporters were working really hard to get the boats all sorted out. And um, my husband kayaked along inside, uh, beside me and picked me up after an hour and gave me some feed and he was my knight in shining armor. <laughs> and then uh, as we hid, headed down the lake, I think there might've been 11 of us had started. Um, it was a very cold, cold, clear night. Um, the temperatures, um, air temperatures were brutal. It was, um, it was boring into the back of my head and the cold in my shoulders. And I, um, I'd attended um, Ned Dennison's Cork Distance Week that year and had done his torture swim and had just popsicleized myself and um, had called to get in the boat and it ate me up mentally and I, I, and I swore I wouldn't do that again. Wow. So I was like not getting in the boat, not getting in the boat, not getting the boat. And uh, we were, uh, as swimmers, we were in pods and we were sharing one pontoon boat. And as, you know, as each swimmer um, or some swimmers got out, their kayaks would be towed along the pontoon boat and I would see it go by and I would look at it and to me, they were like little coffins. And I'm like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm not getting in, I'm not getting in. And uh, so um, uh, 15 and a half hours later, um, and not many feeds that I'd kept down, um, I, I made it down there. And the last mile took an awfully long time. And that's not a marathon say, swimmer saying, I, I, I really want to get to the finish. I, I was making very slow progress mm. and um so the, i was one of four um and and i would have to say i was definitely um a, an underdog or an unknown going in and i dragged my skinny little butt out the other end and um it was it was amazing um to to know that i could mentally um get through the, the headwind and the um, mind saying, look, the boat's right there. Other people get it. You've got people saying, look, it's okay. You could get in. It's okay. And, uh, and um, ticked it off. So that felt, that felt really, really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love hearing your perspective on that story because I was there that year. I know. <laughs> I think it was 11 of us. But yeah, well, yeah, it was me and I was doing as a relay that it's still, um, that it was, it just, I just love hearing your perspective because I've always just heard like the, the, um, the hubbub around Charlotte's didn't have a boat. <laughs> anyway, it's great to hear you actually tell the story. I love it. Yeah, and, and it wasn't, um, I mean, it was nothing that made me, mad or irritated it was just i i knew actually for my own safety that um because the boat was just good and it was a kayak the, the boats were still out there so um you know i don't want um you to think that they were gone it was my kayak support was blown back and yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they were, and it was you know, a rough night <laughs> at one point i did you know um call out and call out and um it's just gone um, it was certainly, you know, I couldn't see anything and I knew that for my own safety, I had to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't just sit there and call I out. <laughs> I can't just sit there and, um, you know, I'd been trained to swim and that's what I did. And, um, then it was a really good exercise in, um, putting a positive thought in your head. And, you know, my husband came by and he was positive. And then Cynthia Needham was also paddling for me. And she came out and said, what a beautiful moon tonight. And what a um, headspace readjustment. Because it's like, it is beautiful. You know, how often, you know, when we swim at night, how often do you watch the moon all night and, and actually see the sun come up? You yeah. sit for 12 hours and watch what's going on. And um, there were so many positive things during that swim. And, so many parts of my training that really came through for me. And um, it was really a, a lesson in focusing on what is going well. And if my mind started to wander off to how cold my, my head felt or um, you know, how much I'd thrown up, I would think about how good my hair felt under my cap. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and, you know, and physically my body felt really good. I, I, I've got really healthy, strong shoulders and I'm fortunate for that. Um, I, you know, I really don't have a lot of trouble with things hanging out on me during a swim like that. And I think a lot of that's the dry land. I'm pretty consistent on shoulder stabilizing moves and core work. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's my profession, so... Yeah, but um, but that 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 was um that was certainly um a big one, and then um you know one of my uh, one of my other great ones that felt satisfying for me was um, uh, Manhattan Mim swim because I'd swum it in twenty thirteen, and uh, it was a year where uh, the field had a late start and a lot of us were pulled, and then put back in the water. And uh, although I completed the swim, it was assisted. So I went back and did it the next year. And that was really redemption. That was, that, that was super cool to um, go back and take it all in again. And it, it felt amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. You had mentioned one thing a little bit ago, rewind just a smidge too. Um, you said people said, people told you while you were swimming in Magog that you could get on the boat and you... Yeah were able to put that out of your mind. Cause that was, that was what killed me is when somebody was like, you don't like, you're not going to make it all right. Cause I was training for a relay. And someone said, you're not going to make it to the other side. And I was like, I'm not like, I really thought that I was. <laughs> and so somebody put that in my head. And then I was like, Oh, I'll forget about that. <laughs> but how did you separate yourself from that? Well, um, 
I think I was really fortunate in the fact that um, my crew, and um, there were three of them, um, Deborah Bear and um, Cynthia Needham and my husband Jeff, and they never communicated that to me. They, um, they would have people say to them, um, look, um, you know, everyone's getting out, we can wrap this all up, do you think Charlotte will get in? And uh, my husband said, <laughs> you don't know Charlotte, do you? <laughs> and uh, so I got encouragement. I mean, I could see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that they were, um, you know, I had been told that they were considering, you know, wrapping it up. And um, you know what? I wanted to get to Magog. That's where I was going. Yeah. That, that was it. And um, I've actually been a not get in the boater to a fault for many, many of my swims. And, I, and I've actually got, uh, my crew's probably pretty happy about this, a lot better than to agree to get in when I'm told to, um, which is a different situation than being, hey, do you want to get in versus it's time for you to get in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, so I, I, uh, I have another thing that helps me out on that too, though, Shannon, I really don't hear a whole lot when I'm swimming, I wear earplugs and um, I really go a lot on hand signals from the crew. So we've got quite a few. Um, uh, this guy is shark. Uh, <laughs> that guy is condom in the water. Uh, <laughs> that big wave and that is you're doing great. And uh, you know, they, they know that that will always always lift me up and when it comes to giving it your all um when i'm out there that's all i've got and i i, I use that extra 10 percent all the time mm -hmm. so it's not a matter of you know let's motivate her to swim harder because if i'm not the gas tanks i'm drained so yeah. since you've alluded to your crew a lot maybe you could give some tips to people about how to build a good crew what kind of attributes do you look for in people uh, well, I think that it's probably a personal um, thing as a swimmer because some people respond well to being um, shouted or barked at, um, you know, others don't. So I think the, probably the first tip I would give someone is to, you know, you need to write down what motivates you. Um, so if it was, you know, you, Shannon, you know, I would say ask for, I, I might have asked you this actually, um, what makes Shannon happy? Um, what makes Shannon stretch? And so for me, um, I love smiles. Um, uh, things um, that don't work for me is the head down uh, <laughs> like this. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so, so the, big, the big stuff for me for a crew is pos positivity. Um, and, and it's body language. Um, it's um, having um, short, clear, concise messages. And um, I also benefit well from um, someone who's able to um, give me short, quick instructions. And that could be just swim. Yeah. Time yeah. to swim. Time to swim. Uh, so... I think that I think that's a big one, and then probably um, so it would be knowing what motivates you. Um, number two is um, positivity, uh, and then um, number three, you have to trust that 
and it is the key to your swimming success, everybody, and your crewing, is uh, you have to have fun. You've got to have fun. So, so, so that would be it. And that is in um, rotten times and good times too. You've got, yeah. to, you've got to find the light side of it. For sure, for sure. Um, is there anything you haven't finished? Oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a slew of them. <laughs> so I've, uh, I've swum 55 marathons, and those are 10K or longer. Most of them would be 15-plus miles, and they've all either been documented swims or an event. Um, I've, um, I failed my first attempt at Catalina in 2013. I was um, a mile from the shore and was pulled for hypothermia. And, um, and then I went back in 2014 and, um, and nailed it, which felt amazing. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And, um, and then in, on those two same years, I swam um, uh, Manhattan, which I told you about 2013. I had an assisted swim and then went back and completed it in 2014. Um, English Channel, I've had a few attempts at. Um, my closest was uh, about a mile from the shore and I was pulled for raspberry breathing of uh, suspected water on the lungs. And um, then um, uh, Cook Strait, I've had two cracks at that. And um, I actually could have said I was most proud of that that swim just a few months ago, um, I was pretty close to the shore. And oh, she was a blazer. That was a one fast rocking little swim. Um, amazing, just amazing body of water. Um, very, very changeable water, very cold. Uh, I can't say enough about how amazing Philip rushes. Uh, so those are, um, you know, those are probably my, probably my biggest DNFs. And, um, you know, I've really had to work hard mentally to not um, have um, those couple of bigger DNFs cloud the successes um, because, you know, often that can happen. And I, I really have been quite grateful um, that I had failed the English Channel, and it's quite an odd thing to say, but the reason would be is it really made me fight harder and push more to go and swim other swims in preparation to go back. And I ended up knocking out these swims that in my mind weren't my big deal, they were my practice swims. And actually that's when I flourish without the pressure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I t tottered down to Atlantic City last year and um, had an amazing swim around there. Yeah. Strong and fast and, and super fortunate to come in the first female, which was not on my radar at all. I, I'd really gone down to get a longer ocean swim to prepare um, myself for Cook Strait and um, you know a potential further channel swim. So it's funny how those little things, those little um, droplets of yummies, pop up when you're not expecting them. Yeah. And uh, the um, the failures is incredible personal growth um, because there is there's, there's um, some some downs that come with that, and and I do let myself feel disappointed, and then I um, dust off my shoulders 
get myself back up and I um, do what I love and I swim. And um, because I love to swim, it's a lot more engaging and fulfilling when you have a goal. So I set another swim up. I like to travel, I meet amazing people like you. And uh, I get my little cap and goggles and off I go again for another round in the ring. Sometimes I get knocked down and that's okay. Pop back up and off I go again. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, how do you kind of adapt to, well, let's see. Yeah, let's talk about it. How do you want to adapt? To, how do you adapt to kind of changing conditions, both in swimming and in life? Uh, so changing additions um, for me, what I've determined um, is I'm the only one who can control how I react to them. So the first, my first responsibility, and I, and I haven't always done this in a perfect way, it's been a learning curve, but um, only I can decide how I react. Um, I actually quite like wavy water. I quite like bumpy, snarly, grizzly stuff. You know, it's, it's fun. I, it's part of why I think I'm so proud of the men from Agog Swim, because I like having to tough it out, you know? Yeah. Um, and you. <laughs> so it's and and it's not about getting ticked at mother nature it's about let's you know what can my body and mind actually do and for me i've got bigger mental strength than physical strength my my body my mind will drive my body till it's got to go to the old um, yeah, <laughs> do it. um so the first thing is um for how do i deal with adversity um I try, I work to identify that it's happening, and then I work on techniques to calm my mind when it's happening, and that can happen quickly or it can take a little bit of time. And, and from what I've found is how I react dictates how other people react around me. So if I want the best support and the karma, soothest support, I've got to behave that way myself. Um, when you asked me previously, um, you know, a, about a crew and, and how you function, I don't flourish when people yell at me, you know, or swear or curse. And, and I know some people, you know, do it out of a reason to like just jolt someone into giving a little more, but that, that's actually the opposite for me. Yeah. Um, I'll probably shut down. Yeah. So, so, you know, so adversity, um, it is how you react. And I gotta be honest, it's pretty simple. Um, I get up in the morning, get my pants out and I put them on one leg at a time and I just go and say, all right, we're going to have another crack at it. And it could be professional, it could be my home life or it could be a swim. I'm just going to take it one step at a time and just not freak out about next week because next week's not here yet. Fantastic advice. How's, been, how's the pandemic been for you? Um, you know, like, like everyone, it's, you know, it has its difficulties. Um, I, like you, have just adored having my family around. You know, I, I've um, um, got a, a super supportive, loyal husband of 25 years. We had our 25th anniversary in the pandemic. <laughs> and, pandemic uh, and my son just graduated college and uh, we made him a poster. <laughs> <laughs> in 
going into to be a junior in college and we've just had three months together which has been um, incredible and uh, when that started hitting you know, I, I, I knew what I it's not even what I needed to do what my fire or passion to do was to share what I could help with in my way and that's motivation and moving and um, so that's that's what I've been doing and then planning and implementing getting the um, swimming hole reopened where I'm executive director and uh, so that's been um, been a busy time and I've been very fortunate um, to be focusing on that and actually having my daughter work alongside me was a super big treat too. Then my, uh, my husband's been, um, he's a chef, he's been cooking um, breakfasts and lunches for local schools and oh, wow. my son's been delivering groceries. So we've all been sort of actually on the go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's see. What motivates you to keep going? Because, uh, let's see, um, I like to achieve. Uh, and I don't like sitting still. <laughs> you are the energizer bunny, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a third one, Shannon. I, I love the way the water feels. You know, I know, I, you know, I, there's lots of motivations and reasons for people to marathon swim. And yes, it's an incredible feeling finishing. I love the feeling of my body slicing through the water. I love the way it feels on my body. It's a, it's a natural decompressant. It's, um, you know, being in the water releases um, dopamine. You know, it's the pressure of the water. It's um, incredible. Um, it's an incredible feel-good thing. So... Um, anything that keeps me in and around the water um, keeps me happy and bubbly, and uh, it's really my little magic juice. Yep, yep, I love it. Um, can you tell us about a favorite memory from one of your swims? Uh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> so, um, Oh, gosh, there's so many really, aren't there? <laughs> aren't there? There are, yes. Well, I'm going to tell you this one. Uh, <laughs> I've got two if we have time. So, Catalina, you, you've heard um, I uh, had a DNF on that. And um, I think within that 18-month period, I DNF'd Catalina, the English Channel, and Manhattan. So that was my triple crown of <sighs> And uh, so here we are, there's me back on the second round of Catalina. Not a bad one to do again, because it's beautiful. It's really nice people. And uh, this one was incredible. It just it felt really good. Uh, I had a nice, uh, you know, I was happy with my pace, my time. And I, I got to that point where the boat stops and they said, there's the shore, it's time for you to swim in. And I actually was treading in the water and I pinched myself. And I'm like, is this really happening? I mean, not only can I see it, because, you know, you're always told not to peek. There it was. Yeah. <laughs> Time to swim in, Charlotte. And I'm like, now, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I don't hear much. What? And uh, yes, yes, it's to, all you got to do is swim in and get on the shore. I'm like, you, and you never want to say this to yourself, I'm going to get there. Yeah. I'm going to get there. It's probably couple hundred meters, 200 maybe at the most. And I'm excited. No, I don't want the last feed, thank you. I think I'll swim in now. So in I go, 
in my mind, it's my hundred sprint. I'm sure it looked like that. So in I go, and um, I come in, strolling up the beach, not like meant from Agog, where I was, you know, just a, a wreck, and putting my arms up to be done. Well, in I go, and the surf crashes me on the rocks, and I hold on to them, and then I'm holding on and being dragged back out. <gasps> and back I am out there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so in I go again, faster and stronger. In I go, my hand and knee on seats. In I go, and the surf just pulls me back out. And now I've got rocks down my suit, my goggles are off, my cap's half gone, and I'm back out there. And I'm like, beep. I'm like. I'm just coming back, I'm not coming back another year, swimming another 20 miles to get this little bit done. So in I went and I land my hands and I get my knees fully on the shore and my toes and I'm digging and the water's pulling me back. And I'm just everything I've got left. And I look up and there is this um, delightful fellow who's working at some sort of resort, scrambling down the rocks because he sees I'm in distress. He's coming over to help me. And everyone on the boat's going, don't touch him. And now my cat's gone, my hair's everywhere. I got blood on my hands and my knees and I'm going, don't touch me. And he's looking at me like this crazy woman. <laughs> And he runs away like I'm about to harm him. And then, uh, because it's like, he touches me. I'm, I'm not at fully out of the water, I'm yeah. toast. And so I, I haul myself out and then I turn around and I sit and I look back out to the boat. And, and I just sat like this with my hands under my chin. And uh, the words actually, I don't really know where they came from, but it was, holy flippin' crap dog. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't believe that I'd made it. So, um, so, so that was a really um, a memorable one for me. And, and I'm pretty sure that the fellow didn't forget either. <laughs> he hasn't gone to try and help uh, anyone else. And then, um, and then quickly, the, the, you know, one of the huge ones for me was in Atlantic City um, coming into the finish. And um, my 86-year-old father had come to visit me and uh, I'll probably tear up. He was at the finish and he hadn't seen me race in um, over 25 years. And it was a really hot day and he was out there waiting for me. And the smile on his face was, it was huge. It was just so great. And uh, that's why when I got out, they're like, well, you know, you just won. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I don't think I really did, but don't worry, there's my dad. And uh, so he got some press photos with me and he just loved it. And I, I think that's probably the best finish I've ever had for the fact that he was there. Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Okay, I just have two last questions. Yeah. Um, uh, what advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Oh, gosh. Go for it. All right. 
this is, I, I, I'm guessing, you can, everyone can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, actually not wrong, but if you don't do this, but sometimes you've just got to act, you know? Act now, think later, do it. Sometimes yep. if you think too much, it just doesn't happen. Don't fear giving it a crack because of what might happen. Look, I've DNF'd plenty. I've landed some swims and I'm still upright, smiling and positive. And if I can do that, you can go swim a mile, you know, or half a mile. You know, get half this time, get a mile next time. It's not going to be, it's not going to be the devastation you think it's, it might. So my advice would be um, act now, think later, do it. Get yourself signed up, work out how to get it done, set some little goals, build up to it. If it doesn't work out the way you hoped for, relook at your training and what you're doing, reevaluate your goal, and either set another one or go for it harder. That's fantastic advice. Act now, think later. I love that. <clears throat> yeah, that was mine through the pandemic, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out on the way. Exactly. Figure it out. Otherwise, otherwise you'll never get it done. Go if you're going to plan the rest of your life, then it'll be over. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then the last question I like to ask people, um, who would you like to hear from? Whose who's marathon swim story would you like to hear? Oh, who would I? Oh, you've had so many good ones. Um, who would I like to hear from? You know what I would love to hear? I am so in awe of Liz Fry's double scars. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think she is such a humble, warm, giving swimmer. And uh, I was thinking about Scar recently and doing a double of that, um, not only the distance, but the fact that they are back-to-back -back days in changeable conditions. I thought that that was remarkable. And everyone else doing anything, of course, is incredible. But that 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 was cool. Yeah, awesome. I um, hope that she'll tell us about that. <laughs> Wonderful. I don't yeah. have. I mean, I could talk to you all day long, but I do want to well, let you get about too. about your day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, just you know, for everyone, just go do your thing, give it a crack. Exactly. Don't take yourself too seriously. Have <laughs> me, you know. Look yeah. after your body. Be kind to yourself. Don't be too critical of yourself. It's so easy, and you know, it's you. You get you get told stuff from other people. If you know you can't do this, you can't do that. Just you know, figure it out for yourself. Give it a crack. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I hope you have All a right. fantastic well, day, you. Charlotte. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Bye. All right. hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>